to preach to you today from a message from a, from, that, I, that I love this passage because it seems like such a weird passage. I'm a weird guy. I like weird passages. I like to preach on weird things that most other people don't preach on. But I just choose to believe that if God chose to put it in the word of God, he has a purpose for it. Can I get an amen? How many of those in the silliest things that make no sense to us, God doesn't waste his time, and he's intentional about everything he does. So if it's in the word of God, it's there to teach us something. But most of the time, we don't want to take the time to find out what it's trying to teach us. Listen to what it says in 2 Kings chapter 6, 2 Kings, excuse me, uh, chapter, uh, I don't even know what chapter it is, but they got it back there. And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, see now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Somebody say too small. Some of y'all scared right now that I'm, I'm preaching a message that it's time for, for us to get a bigger building. No, Pastor Sandy has not driven up to the Highlands or something like that yet. That's only an inside joke that people will get. Watch this. It says, see now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there or a tree and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, Elisha said what? Say it loud. Go. Say it loud. Go. Then one said, please, then one said, please consent to go with your servants. And then he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and they went, and they came to the Jordan River, and they began to cut down the trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. In other words, he's slaying, he's doing like this on alongside the Jordan, and as he comes, the axe head flies off the edge of the, the of the of the stick, the shaft, and goes into the Jordan River. And he cried out and said, Alas, master, saying this to Elisha, for it was borrowed. Somebody say borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. And this is what he did. That's in, it's incredible. It's just weird, y'all. He cut off a stick. One translation said a branch and threw it in there. And the moment that it went into the Jordan River, he made the iron float. How many's ever heard this story before? Say amen. Therefore, he said to the boy, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand, and he took it. Now, I got exactly 34 minutes to preach a message that needs two Sundays. Are y'all ready? I'm kicking into turbo speed. I want you to see a couple of things. The first thing I want you to see is this. The Bible says that there was the sons that spoke to the prophet. If you studied Elijah and Elisha, you know exactly where this is. This is the sons of the prophet. This is the school of the prophets that Elijah taught, that Elisha was a former student in this school, that Elijah taught young men the ways of how to operate as a prophet, what it means to operate in the giftings of a prophet. And now since Elisha has taken over for Elijah, not only has he got a double portion anointing, not 
not only is he walking under his own mantle wrapped around him, but he has assumed the duties as the prophet of Israel. Therefore, he has assumed the duties of the sons of the prophet school. So he has taken over now teaching and mentoring young men of God. Are you with me? Say amen. So the sons of the prophets one day just step up one day and say to the man of God, now listen, you have to look at the words. You have to look at every word or you'll slide right over sometimes what the word of God is saying. He says, this is what they said. See now, this place where we dwell with you is too small. What you've got to understand is that they did not say this place where we dwell is too small. They said this place where we dwell with you is too small. In other words, they were saying, we are tired of being under you. We think it's time for us to do our own thing. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. So we're ready to go, but we understand that we need you to release us to go. And the Bible says that when they said that, the prophet looked at him and said what? Go. Go. In other words, you don't want it anymore? I'm not the one that told you it's time for you to go. You're the one that told me it's time for you to go. So if you don't want to listen to what I got to say, go. Somebody shout amen. Are y'all alive, church? Go, go on. I've said it many times before. It's not, a, it's not a prideful statement. It's not a cocky statement. Listen, if you don't want what's on me, that's fine. Go. If you don't want what's in this house, I love you. I don't want to see nobody leave here. But what good is it doing you? What good is it doing me? What good is it doing God? What good is it doing the kingdom for you to call this your church, but you don't want to listen to what your church is trying to tell you? If you think you about done got too big for, for this house, then go. Are y'all why y'all so quiet? Uh-huh. But wait a minute, I love this story because I'm thankful that one young man spoke up and said, Whoa, 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 wait a minute. I know what all you said, but uh-uh. He, only one man, one boy, said, I'm begging you, I don't want to go unless you go with us. Now watch this. You hear the prophet go straight from, well, you know what, go, to, okay, I'll go. In other words, he didn't go. All, he loved all the sons of the prophets, but he didn't go because of the ones that wanted to leave him. He went with the whole crowd because of the one that said, I need you with me. Are y'all with me? Huh? I heard you. I watched the live stream last week. I saw you shouting Jim down. Why ain't you shouting your pastor down? So by the way, Jim's watching right now on the job. Jim, you tore it up last week. My God. Did Jim share preach in this house? My Lord, I was proud of him. Now watch this. Please consent to go with your servants is what he said. He says, okay, I'll go. So they went with him, and he's supervising. They get to the river Jordan. Let me back up and say, you also can't miss that they did not ask to just go somewhere. They asked to go somewhere very specific. They said, we want to go to the river Jordan. Without you, before the one boy spoke up, why? Because they wanted to have the experience 
that their leader had, but they wanted to have it without their leader. Because Elisha received the double portion anointing at the Jordan River. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. So it was very well known that that famous moment of the passing of the double portion happened at the Jordan River. That's like these preachers that want to go to these growth conferences and they want to learn all the principles that that preacher did to grow his church, but they don't want to go through the sacrifice that that preacher had to go through. Listen, a church don't grow because you got good policies and procedures. A church grows because the hand of God is on it, and it's because the house has been faithful. Are y'all hearing me? You can't just duplicate what somebody else has done. You need the anointing and the mantle on you, and you better have somebody covering you. They said, we want to, it's got too big. We don't want to be with you anymore. We don't like what you got to say because you keep trying to tell me I'm supposed to wash hands. You keep telling me I'm supposed to try to keep trying to hold, hold your coat. Listen, I've been in this school long enough. I've studied. I could quote more scripture than you can, prophet, but you're still telling me to hold your coat and wash your hands and stand there and watch you eat. I'm tired of watching you eat. I got an anointing myself, and I'm going to go down to the Jordan, and I'm going to, I'm going to grab my prayer shawl, and I'm going to slap the waters, and I'm going to say, where is the Lord God of Elisha? Just like you said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? What makes you so special? And all of a sudden, the one said, whoa, 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 whoa. y'all don't even know what you're saying. There ain't no way I'm going with y'all without him. <laughs> there ain't no way I'm going with y'all without him. Notice he didn't, the boy didn't say, I won't go with you. He just said, I ain't going without him. Because I'm not trying to go replicate what he did. I need to be faithful like he was. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Remember, of all of the school of the prophets with Elijah, only one stayed with Elijah, Elisha. So when he was teaching, I got to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. When he was telling the stories of what happened with him and his spiritual father, I know he told them of the multiple times that that that. Elijah would say, you can't go here. You can't do this. This ain't for you. You ain't spiritually mature enough for this yet. You just need to go back home. But remember when I preached on that not too long ago? He didn't have nothing to go to, but back to, because he done burned the plow. Come on, somebody. He done cooked the oxen. He done kissed his mom and daddy goodbye. There was no plan B. He sold out first to God, but then he sold out to serving the man of God. And he said, as the Lord God lives and as I live, I will not leave you. So only one in the whole school of the prophets of Elisha remembered that part of the story. See, the rest of them knew all the parts of the chariot of fire, of the river parting, of the whirlwind. They all knew the dramatic part of the story. But only one remembered why Elisha could even see those things to tell the story. 
while all the others that was in the same school with him were there too. Read your Bible. They were hiding behind bushes watching the whole thing. And when Elijah disappeared, they said they ran to Elisha. And Elisha saw the whole thing. He saw the chariot of fire. He saw the whirlwind. He saw the mantle fall out of heaven. He grabbed it. He saw the whole thing. But the people that was in his, uh, the boys that was in his same school that was hiding behind the bushes, the Bible said they ran to him and said, my God, where is Elijah gone? I think he just disappeared. We was watching him, and then he just disappeared. We need to go behind the mountain and see if the Lord dropped him over there. And Elisha said, y'all didn't see what I just saw? But the reason they didn't see it is there ain't no biblical record of them washing anybody's hands. There ain't no biblical record of them holding anybody's coat. But that boy said, I ain't going unless you go. Because let me tell you what, he knew we're going to get into some stuff when we get there that's bigger than us. And we, we may have head knowledge, but we ain't got the experience to handle the devils that we're going to handle when we get there. Listen, you ain't got to go to church to be a Christian. I understand that. You ain't got to go to church to get saved. But if you're going to stay on fire for God, if you're going to win this thing, this battle, if you're going to defeat the devil in your life, you better find you a pastor and you better find you a church and you better connect with some people because you ain't as big and bad as you think you are. Bless your heart. So they get to going. Lost is standing there. He goes, all right, guys, I do believe it's time for promotion. I do believe it's time for every one of you to build you a place. So get to cutting some trees down. Slinging away. I can see some of them going, ha, ha, ha. I ain't got to answer to nobody. Woo, Lord. I'm going to build my own kingdom. Build my own house. Get my own YouTube channel. Huh? I appreciate what you did for me, but uh, I think I've, oh, this, this, this is the one that gets me every time. I appreciate you, Pastor. I love Solid Rock Church. Nothing against Solid Rock Church. I just think I'm sort, I've sort of just outgrown this moment. I, I, just, I just don't feel like I'm getting fed anymore. I just don't feel like I'm getting fed. I want to ask you a question. I mean this with, with, with humility, not cockiness. But where are you, where are you going to go to get more fed than you get here? See, you're taking it for granted how good you are fed in this house. Huh? I'm not just talking about for me. You got it last week. You're going to get it next week. Nobody gets in this pulpit in this house, and they don't feed you. Are you hearing me? I ain't preaching about me. I'm preaching about this house. I just don't feel like I'm getting fed anymore. Well, it's, it's, it, you know why you ain't getting fed anymore? Because you're like a stubborn baby. That, mm, I don't like that. I don't like that. Hmm? You, you, you ever had it? Is your kid or your grandkid? I mean, it seems like most kids now, for the first third of their life, eats nothing but chicken fingers. Am I right? Am I right? I don't care what you try to introduce them to. Do they have chicken fingers, Daddy? Yes. Chicken. Any form of a chicken. I got to hurry. No, no, you ain't outgrown nothing. 
You, you, you ain't no longer, that whole thing about no, no longer being fed, you ain't being fed because you don't want to eat what God is trying to feed you to, to, to make you spiritually healthy. You want the sugar, you want the sweets, you want the Little Debbie snack cakes, but I got news for you. In this house, baby, we going to cook a T-bone. Well done! I don't know about that. As soon as I said it, when we cook them here, there's always a little bit of blood in it. But I'm not talking about the blood of the cow. I'm talking about I'm serving a steak that's still got some blood of Jesus in it. Come on. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hey! Trying to preach. Building a kingdom. Building a kingdom. All of a sudden. See, see, I love this. I love this because I know how things work. Do you know what? We don't have any idea if anybody else's axe head fell off. It's, how many of those is possible? The only reason we know about this boy's axe head flying off is what he did when it fell off. There's no way God would have included this story in it just to say, and the boy was cutting a tree and the axe head fell off, and then they moved on to the next city. No, the reason we know about this axe head is not that the axe head fell off, but how he responded when it fell off. Are you hearing me, church? My God, I'm preaching good this morning. The moment that the axe head fell off, now keep in mind, he has been empowered and released by his spiritual father to leave his house. That's why they're there. Their father has blessed them to start their own ministry. It's not like he's saying, we're going to build a house, you've got to come back to me. No, it is a blessing, the fact that he is there Every one of those boys, including this boy, was building the beginnings of his own ministry. That's why he was cutting down trees. Are y'all hearing me? So as he is doing his ministry that God has called him to, something unexpected happened. While he is already envisioning in his mind the completed cabin. Because how many knows if you're building something, you already got in your mind what you want to build. You're not just cutting down trees to cut down trees. You've already, you're cutting down that tree with sweat pouring down you. The thing that's keeping you going is you know that every tree you cut down is going into the construction of your place. I can't tell how many times this has happened to me. When God would show me something and I'm doing it and I'm building it and I'm sowing seeds of faith and working my tail off and something unexpected out of nowhere hits me and the axe head flies off. But isn't it awesome that it flies off into that? That was not even intentional. Into that majestic unbelievable, muddy, nasty, murky river that seems to always come back throughout the Old and the New Testament called the Jordan River. 
It's the least likely. Don't you remember when, 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 when the man was trying to be healed of leprosy? He was told to go dip in the Jordan River, and he rebuked him and said, why do I want to go dip in that old nasty thing? Why didn't you send me, Lord, to dip into some clean pool? There's just something about an old, that old dirty, muddy River Jordan that floods its banks every year and gets filled with mud and turns brown. But yet, you cannot take a tour to Israel, no matter who you are, from any walk of life, that there is not a no tour exists that doesn't include a stop by the Jordan River to be baptized in the Jordan River. Let me tell you, God will cause your acts. I got to be careful to enunciate today. Some of y'all will get that later. <laughs> God, you better watch what you do with your axe. You could be a bad axe. You could be a smart axe. Pen, dumb axe. Don't be no dumb axe. Slapping every time. Don't be a dumb axe. The axe flew off and fell into the Jordan River. And the moment, my God, this is powerful. The moment it fell in there, he didn't say, oh, my Lord, it's bothered. He said, Elisha, I don't know what to do. Because it was borrowed. See, that's just another example that this boy understood honor. Not only did he understand honor by saying, I'm not going without you. He understood honor to say, I am using the anointing and the tools of another man, and I don't need to take it for granted because they were imparted into my life. Therefore, I just lost it, and out of value of the one that gave me this axe, I don't know what I'm going to tell them when they ask me how the axe is working. When, when ministers are sent out of this church, when we raise them up in the network and send them out to pastor and, and plant churches, they stay connected to us because they understand I'm doing my own ministry now, but I have been sent by the apostolic authority in my life. And I stay connected to that so that when my ax flies off or when I lose something, I know I've got someone to call on that may, watch this, that may have been at this river before. See, what you don't understand is those boys were all cutting trees on the side of a bank of a river that was, had a, it was a river of lore, a river of legend. All they knew was stories, but there was an old man standing behind them watching them that had lived the stories. For it is borrowed. What should I do, sir? So the man of God. I love that he says, so the man of God. He doesn't just say the prophet. He says, so the man of God said, where did it fall? 
I ain't got time to preach this today, y'all. This might be a two-parter. And he took him to the place. See, you, we read over things that we don't get the magnitude of. He didn't say, oh, so you lost the axe head? And he's just, because he, he ran to where Elisha was. Elisha, it, it implies, was not standing where this boy was. Because if he would have been standing where the boy was, he would have saw it happen. So he's over here trying to help someone else. And he looks over and he sees that boy that's, that's his right-hand student running at him. What is it, son? Alas, sir, the axe that I was using in my ministry that I thought I had strength in, that I thought I had it all together, that I had a plan, I had a vision, and I was going to town, and all of a sudden, I had no I had no idea this was going to happen. I was blindsided by something. What is it, son? Slow down, slow down. What is it? No, you don't understand, sir. The axe head was not even mine. It was imparted into me. It was given to me. It was precious to me, and it flew off in the River Jordan. And I know this one thing. The moment I saw it go in the Jordan, I felt in my spirit. There ain't nobody here has got experience with this river like you. And notice, he didn't walk right over to the edge where he was already and just stretch his hands over the river. How many knows he had the anointing to do that? He looked at the boy and he said, well, take me exactly to where it happened. How many knows God's intentional with every word? So he's walking with the boys, hearing him talk about it, and he's talking. He said, now this is where it happened? Right here on this tree is where it happened. So you're telling me right now, without a doubt, right directly out in front of this spot, beneath this raging river, there is an ax head on the bottom. He said, yes, sir, right here is where it happened. Now he didn't speak anything bold, did he? He did something interesting. He goes over to another tree, and he don't cut the tree down. Oh, you got to get this. He cuts a branch off of the tree. Do not miss this. And he takes the branch, and he throws the branch into the water. Are y'all hearing me? And when the Bible says he threw it in there, he made, did you see that? He made the iron float. Let me tell you why it's how he had to make an iron float. Irons don't float. I can tell you this one thing right now. You get anything made out of iron and throw it in a lake or a river, and it ain't going to float because it's made to be heavy. Are y'all hearing me? So it was against what made sense. It was against if the axe even had a personality. It was against what the axe thought it was made to do. But when the man of God under the anointing does something like this, there's something bigger going on than just an axe floating. All of a sudden while they're standing there, can you imagine all the other boys are watching? They're all gathering. Almost just like what happened to Elisha. Because all those other boys that wanted to leave without him are now being gravitated to him. 
I can't, I mean this with humility. I can't tell you the people. They used to mock me and Sandy, talk about us, look down at us. You could feel it when we walk in a room, sneer at us. Now they want to be under us. Now, now they want to connect with us. Now they want me to call somebody on their behalf and all that. You know what I do? I call somebody on their behalf. I don't bring up the fact, where was you when I was slinging an axe and I had nobody to help me? Where were you? They all gather around and then he looks at the boy and he says, watch this. And as the branch just floats right over, nobody knows. Even the boy can't take you to the spot. That, that river's so dirty, if they jumped in there with goggles, they wouldn't be able to find it. But the branch found it. And it floated right over the top where it was. And then all of a sudden, it says, I know it makes no sense to you, boy, but let me tell you something. Axe, get up. Get your axe up. <laughs> all of a sudden, that thing starts swimming. It gets to the top, and I can almost see it like, like one of them whales that come up and whoosh. All of a sudden, they're looking at an axe, goes, whoosh, 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 and then sits on top of the water. And then, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is the big one. Then the prophet, oh, you don't, ooh, this is so good. The prophet is the one who threw the branch in. But the prophet stood back and told the boy, pick it up. Oh, are you hearing me? Oh, you ain't hearing me. Now you pick it up. Because the Lord has found you faithful, son. In other words, he just did for the boy what Elijah did, Elijah did for him. He said, boy, pick it up. And when that boy picked that axe up, he got more than an axe head back. He got the anointing of the man of God. Oh! Huh? See, some of y'all, this is why I used to preach a message called, you know, remember that movie, How Stella Got a Groove Back? I, I used to preach a message, How Larry Got His Edge Back. Because I got news for you. When you lose your ax head, you lose your edge. You can't cut down the, the obstacles in front of you anymore. You've lost your edge. Some of you used to be on fire for God. Some of you used to have a passion. Some of you were on the bleeding edge, man. You are sharpened because you was around other people. Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron. So does a man sharpen the countenance of his friend. You are sharp. When the devil came against you, I mean, you was a ninja, baby. You were cut down everything in your way. But now you're dull. Now you're wore out. Alas, you have lost your axe. See, here's the thing you got to get before you go today. This story is not about the axe head floating. This story is about two things. Number one, it's about honor. God some of y'all might need to write this down, but it's very simple. God honors honor. God does not honor dishonor. Remember what the prophet said? The prophet said to every one of them, go. Just go. You think you're ready? Go. One man, one boy said, we ain't going without you. I believe there's no biblical proof of it. 
I just believe how understanding how honor works. I just have to believe the boy that said we're not going without you is the boy we're talking about today. That's my opinion. I just got to believe it. Now, let me ask you a question. I ain't going to ask you for your bank account, but how many of y'all have a bank with a checking or savings account? Raise your hand. I want everybody to see all these hands, all these hands. Now, more than likely, your bank is a bank that has more than one location. If you were, let me ask you a question. If you were on a trip, let's say to the beach, to Panama City, and you were needing some cash, and you deposited your money in Pinson, do you have access to your money in Panama City? At an ATM or a window? Do you know why you have access there? What is that location called? A branch. Now, wait a minute. The reason it is called a branch is because every one of the branches are connected to the same tree. Oh, oh see, some of y'all didn't get it. I believe that the tree that the boy was cutting down is the same tree that he cut the branch from. Huh? Y'all are hearing me. Because when he cut the branch from the tree, the tree represented that boy's faithfulness. And that axe had to come back, not just to that boy, but to that tree. I believe that when he told that boy, now you pick it up, he didn't just pick it up and have a Holy Ghost church party. He said, finish. Now you got it back. Don't be having some goosebump Holy Ghost party. Write Charisma Magazine, have the revival at the tree trunk, and have everybody come and touch a tree trunk. No, you got work to do. Finish. See, this is where we miss it, Solid Rock. Thank you for saying what you said a while ago, Freda. When you said, with, with just res much respect to this house, you said, y'all don't know how blessed you are. I try to tell them that, not because of me. I'm talking about this whole house, this spirit of this. We don't know how blessed we are because it, we don't understand how rare this is. We do not understand it, especially if this is all you've ever known or if this is what you've known for years. You don't absolutely know how rare this is. But I want to ask you a question. I didn't, I didn't even get to preach 10% of my message, but I still preach. Can I get an amen? Watch this. What you got to get is the most important part about this whole story is the branch. Now, now I could tell you that the Word of God says, Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. I could also preach and tell you that he commands us to bear fruit. When you look at a tree, does the roots, do you pick the roots? Do you pick the fruit from the roots? Do you pick the fruit from the, from the stump or the trunk? Do you even pick the fruit 
from the limb at its base as it's going out. No, the smaller it gets and the smaller it gets, it goes from a trunk to a limb to a branch. And on the end of the branches is where you pick the fruits. Don't you know the Bible tells us that we're supposed to be bearing fruit? In other words, we're supposed to see that we are branches. Oh, wait a minute. So if I can pull into a drive-thru of Wells Fargo regions or whatever your bank is in Dallas, Texas, and have access and have, what's this, expectation that I have the same access at that branch as I do at my location, why is it that you think there is a level of expectation of what you think you should be able to get here, but you don't think that people out there should have the same access that we get in here through you? If you are the branches that's connected to this house, should not people on your job, in your family, in your life, be able to pull out of you the same thing you're pulling out of me? But no, we accept that all in the world system. But we think in this house is the whole tree. No, in this house, we're connected to the roots, which is the Word of God. We have the stability and growth because this tree this has been growing for 25 years. And we have several limbs that have gone out. Worship, children's ministry, youth ministry, car parking, missionaries. Fill in the blank. And within each one of those limbs, there are people serving in that limb. They are the branches. We'll let people pick our fruit when we come in here. Because that's what the people say over and over and over again. I've never felt such love as your church. But why do some of those people still leave our church? And later on say things like, man, I love the church. But I never really felt like I could connect outside of the church. I love you. I'm not beating you up. But here's the reality. You're not being the branches. All around you, accents have come off. How many knows you work with a bunch of crazy accents? Huh? You live with some dumb accents. Huh? It's your job to be the branch to bring them back up so that they can finish what they started. Get up on your feet right now. Get up on your feet right now and praise the Lord. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Give him a shout of praise. Come on, come on, come on. Somebody say, I'm getting my edge back. I'm getting my edge back. I'm getting my ax back. Come on, I'm getting my power back. I'm getting my authority back. I'm getting my anointing back. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You, you ever had men, have you ever had out in your shed just an axe head that the handle came out of? You just sort of got an axe head laying there? I got a couple in my garage. Now, now watch, even if those things are as sharp as they could be, 
Try taking just that, I mean, razor-sharp axe head and go out in the woods and put that axe head in your hand and start trying to chop down a tree. You might get a little bit of the bark off. That's about it. All you can really do with just an axe head is maybe just peel back a little something. But when you take that axe head and simply let a staff that's why you need to be a part of a church that has a godly staff. That's why you need to, come on somebody. You need to, not just your pastor, you need to connect with the people on, on your church's staff that has been called to be men and women of God in your life and let them connect their anointing to your gifting. And then all of a sudden, you may be sharp as a tack, but you can only do so much. But when the staff, when you're connected to a staff, when you're connected, when, you, when you're understanding the power of the branch, and it goes into that one thing that you were just able to do this with, the same tree, watch how everything changes. When is this ever going to change for me? Chunk. Chunk. A few more hits, tree comes down. See, we work so hard on our own trying to do what God is trying to connect us to so that we can get more done with, with less physical effort. That's why people burn out on ministry. It's because they disconnect from the branch. My job every Sunday in this place, if I want to sum it up, is to literally take my life and take the words that I have studied and prepared myself for you for and throw it into the water. And all of a sudden, every Sunday in this place, every time we come in this place, the axe heads float. But the one thing we miss, when you get caught up in the emotion, you get caught up in the play. Oh, my God, this is incredible. I feel the anointing of God in this house. Never forget that he says, now you pick it up. In other words, he's saying, I know what you feel. I know you can see restoration floating right in front of you. But your restoration is not for this building. You need to pick it up and take it out of this house with you and start slinging that blade. Can I get an Amen. Do y'all receive this message? Come on, give the Lord a praise if you receive it. Hallelujah. If you don't receive it, hallelujah. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, it's up to you what you do with this message. You gonna go do your thing? You wanna go do your thing? Go. I don't hate you. I'm not mad at you. I love you. I bless you. That's what you want? Go. But if you want us to go together, if you want me to go with you, if you want to go with me, if you want it to be a mutual thing, let's do it. Let's do it together. I don't mean this to be cocky, but here's the reality. I've met a few Jordan Rivers in my life. I've had to turn back on a few of them. I've had to swim across a lot of them but I've seen some of them part and I've walked on dry land.
So if you feel like I ain't got no hope, not just me. There's men and women all over this house. Find you a general and say, I need help. I did as much as I can do, but I've gone as far as I can go. Let me tell you something what will happen in this house. They'll say, take me to where you lost it. Huh? Take, just take me to where you lost it. Because the truth be known, most of you can roll your life back and you can find the place where you lost it. The time you, you dated the wrong person and you thought you was going to win them to Christ, but they drug you down and you lost it. The time the preacher preached a message that was meant to change your life and you made a decision to get offended by it, you lost it. The day you lost your job and instead of praying and giving God praise for what's coming next, you got mad at God and you lost it. The day that pretty thing in that next cubicle blinked her eyes one too many times and then you asked her to lunch, knowing good and well, that it was wrong for you to spend time with them because you already had an emotional bond to them and your marriage come up under attack, you lost it. Huh? That time you made a decision on the job to take something and stick it in your pocket that belonged to the company and didn't belong to you and you justified it, you lost it. I could go on and on and on. Here's the one thing all of them have in common. Every single one of them have the same thing in common. It doesn't matter what you did to lose it. All you got to do is confess where you lost it and why you lost it, not to me, but to the vine. We're just the branches. Listen, we, we're, I'm just the voice and the mouthpiece for the, for the man. I can't do nothing for you. Confess your faults. Confess your sins. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You don't have to know exactly what you did. You don't have to say exactly what you did. It's, it's not take me back to the, to the decision. You ain't got to confess the decision. It's, it's sin. It's the decision that you made to choose yourself over God. It's confession of your pride. It's confession of that temptation or whatever it was, not the act. Some people believe they got to go back and confess every little act they've ever done. God's not looking. When he says take me to the place, he ain't saying take me to everything you've ever done. Take me to a place of brokenness and admit to me that you have sinned before me. And here's what happens. Every single time you do that to God, God sees the brokenness. He throws himself into the situation. He changes your life. He restores things that you lost. He gives you peace. And then every single time he steps back and says, well, listen, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But I need you to pick it up. Huh? I need you to go. Go into all the world. I need you to do something for me and tell people about what I did for you. Is this a good word? Every head bowed, please, all over this house. Father, in the name of Jesus, if you're here today in this house, you don't know Jesus Christ as personal Savior. Here's your moment. If you've ever asked the Lord to forgive you of your sins, but you let life come in and you're slinging that axe and somewhere along the journey you lost everything. You've lost your relationship. You've lost your connection to God. And you're crying out today, I, I, I need a restoration. I 
need God to bring some things back that I thought was gone forever. If you've walked away from your relationship with God and you say, today, I want to rededicate my life to God. If that's you, any of those, I'm going to ask you to do something boldly. Because I hear the Lord say, the waters are being stirred. Bubbling is happening. Branches are being thrown in. Oh, by the way, by the way, everybody look up at me before I bring you up here. Isn't it interesting that the way God restored us all was on a piece of wood. Jesus said, when they nail me to the cross, if I be lifted up on that cross, on that piece of wood, all will come unto me. I'll draw all to me. It was on a piece of wood. It was on a branch. This, oh, this is so deep. This is all in my message. I get to, it was on a branch where man fell. They took a fruit from a branch and chose to be their own. The first Adam sinned by the wrong idea of a branch. The final Adam, Jesus, showed us the right idea, and he put the fruit back on the tree. Are you hearing me? When we took it off the tree, he put it back on the tree. How do you think we get the fruits of the Spirit? We can only pick it because the tree has been restored. When Jesus died on the cross, he gave us all access to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. But we got to first cry out, Alas, Master, what I thought was mine was not mine. I can't do this without you. And I hear the Lord saying to you today, Take me to where it happened.